Warning, Weird West Radio contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. discuss all things western related you can find our shows on itunes stitcher google play and spotify just search weird west radio i am michael flores your host and in the studio with me to discuss yellowstone no it is not clint felton it is brian smith hello brian why hello michael and everyone out there listening now, Brian, you're going to be in the studio with me over the next, I don't know, several months or so, because Clint is on, not sick leave, um, hiatus, I guess, for a little while due to some personal reasons, workload, um, things like that. So you will be filling in along with a few other hosts, a little bit of a rotating chair for Weird West Radio, but you will be the probably the go-to, the main go-to. You'll be here 85, 90% of the time. Is that fair, Brian? I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. It's a big commitment, Mike. I, uh, I know. I, I like you a lot, but uh, no, I mean, I'll be here as much as you need me here, boss. It's been, a, it's been a minute since I've been in the studio on a regular basis. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and for those that are not in the know, you specific Weird West radio listeners who have not ventured into our other discussions on Rain Man Digital, Brian is not a newbie. <laughs> in fact, you have probably been here longer than anyone else at this point on the network. Um, I think Tony's got me beat. Tony and David. Yeah, I think but you but, guys came in right around the same time. Yeah, and I think I think they started literally weeks before I did. Yeah. And then I brought you Thomas. Yep. And uh sadly, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one knows who he is on Weird West Radio. But, Which is a good thing. But for those of you lucky, <laughs> and I use that word uh, very loosely, <laughs> listeners that do, who gives a shit, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So as I mentioned, today we're going to discuss review breakdown possibly fanboy over yellowstone and we're going to be specifically catering this discussion to the episode opener the first episode the pilot episode now this is a tv series that has been on my personal list here to cover on weird west radio for quite some time but i've not had the opportunity to do so i think it was actually on my list since the very first season 
premiered, which was when? Two years ago? Uh, June 20th, 2018 was the release date. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really procrastinating here. <laughs> We're now entering the third season officially, and a fourth season has been announced. So, yes, I'm... Almost three years behind, but finally, I like to stick to my commitments and we're going to get into the first episode discussion. Now, it is a contemporary Western series that stars the one and only Kevin Costner, who doesn't seem to age. No, like he reached a certain age. Yes, he is an older gentleman and he looks like an older gentleman, but he hit a point. I want to say mid 50s. And then he just stopped aging. So mid 50s would have been like. What, 2010? Because he was born in 55. Yeah. So 2010, he would have been, what, 55 years old? Right. And and I say he has looked 55 years old for the last 20 years. Yeah. So, Isn't that bizarre? No, it's, it's fucking weird, man. I'm like, okay, time to pop on Yellowstone. And whenever you watch, and I, I have watched his movies through the years, but as you continue to follow these older actors every time you watch something new with them you get a little sad because they get older and you're right. like oh he's older right oh he's older so i was preparing myself for an older looking kevin costner i'm like god damn it dude you look the fucking same well he looks exactly like he did when he did draft day in 2014 or even like did you watch hatfields and mccoy's oh yeah 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 that was 2012 mike 2012 so he would have been 57 during Hatfields and McCoy's and he's now what 60 Jesus he's old yeah I think he drank some baby's blood late in life (laughs) or he found the fountain youth late in life and it doesn't reverse the aging it just stops you from aging any further I mean that's the Keanu Reeves plan isn't it yeah he's another one too right Yeah. yeah I mean they're both you know old as dirt but look about the same for the last 20 years. We have old listeners that are just like motherfucking young ass <laughs> motherfuckers. The guy is 60 some years old. He's not old as dirt. I mean, Mike, come on. Hey, come we're, on. we're only 20 some years away from that. ourselves. Shut up. Shut up. You're right. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. So Kevin Costner is in this. He is the main reason why this TV series got made. It's the reason why it's, uh, stuck around i don't want to say the other actors aren't as good absolutely are but he is the big name the big swing and dick on this series and again who doesn't love kevin costner especially us western fans and in the context of the genre when you hear the name kevin costner it's hard not to think of films like dances with wolves right. wyatt earp the postman which i think is an underrated picture I agree. I actually watched it about a year ago and was like, no, this is good. Yeah, I don't understand the hate around that movie, but Mm -hmm. uh, so be it. Open Range, another great Western flick. Mm -hmm. And even, as you mentioned, the 2012 Hatfield and McCoy. Right. So there is a certain, we always have those actors, or there always are those actors out there. When you mention their name, specific films come to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. And those Western films, when you think of Kevin Costner holding a gun and a cowboy hat, riding a horse, those are the things that immediately come to mind. The man's an icon. And I mean, just outside of the Western genre, I mean, his body of work is fucking insane. I don't think people realize how epic his career has been. I mean, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, JFK, The Bodyguard, A Perfect World, The War, Waterworld, another underrated shitty movie. It's shitty, okay? <laughs> the Smokers and, you know. Well, I mean, I think you're, you're also forgetting like Bull Durham, Field of Dreams. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland right. with I, Kurt Russell as well. I mean, that's a fun game, movie. Tin Cup. 
Ten cup. Play it to the bone. Like And also also Jonathan Kent from Man of Steel. I liked his portrayal in that. I thought he actually he is my favorite Jonathan Kent. He did a damn good job. Yeah, he is my favorite Jonathan Kent. So he is an epic icon and to see him now play in a TV series that honestly he was born to play. He just fits right into that classic cowboy archetype and it works so well. So a little bit on Yellowstone, as I said at the top of the show, we are going to focus most of our efforts on the first episode titled Daybreak. Uh, we're going to talk about the pros and cons, and I'll tell you right now, there really, there really isn't a lot of cons. So we'll probably focus a lot more on the pros, the directing, writing, the works. But first, here's a bit of a background on the series. Yellowstone is an American drama television series created by Taylor Sheridan and John Linson uh, that premiered on June 20th, 2018 on the Paramount Network. Yes, I know you probably never heard of it. No one has. Uh, it stars Kevin Costner, Wes Bentley, Kelly Riley, Luke Grimes, Cole Hauser, and Gil Birmingham. The series follows the conflicts along the shared borders of a large cattle ranch, an Indian reservation, and land developers. The series has been renewed, as I said, for Three seasons, including a forthcoming fourth season. So don't be afraid to dip your toes in the water and get invested in this show. Uh, the series, although considered a success, has kind of gone relatively under the radar due to the channel it's on. Uh, the Paramount Network is not really the biggest of channels. Uh, it was also a channel no one had heard of um, until you started doing the promotions, I guess, with uh, with Yellowstone. It was rebranded as probably the biggest reason why people are like Paramount TV, Paramount Network, because it was formally titled Spike TV, which that name does sound very familiar to a lot of people. And we associate Spike TV with a lot of shit content, right? Like Joe Rogan, <laughs> a lot of shit content. And because of that, I can see why they decided to rebrand. They're like, hey, listen, we need to start doing some scripted television here. We're going to bring Kevin Costner on. We can't put Yellowstone on Spike fucking TV. <laughs> so let's rebrand to Paramount. And again, they're rebranding just two years later, two and a half years later. They're now rebranding as of early 2020. The channel is going through new rebranding due to the merger of Viacom CBS. Right. Luckily, the show is the only show on the network that survived the merger. Literally everything was cut. And they're like, yeah, we like this show. This will be a good staple uh, to start our new network. And they're naming it the Paramount Movie Channel. Okay. Sure. Why not? Now, be honest. Have you heard of the Paramount Network or did you hear of the Paramount Network before today? Okay. So here's the thing with the Paramount Network. I knew it existed because it's on my Roku. And when you run out of things to watch on Netflix, as one does, right? you like search for anything else. And I think at one point they did, um, they had like, what was it? The, uh, the, the tattoo show was on Paramount yes, Network. Yes, that's right. Inked. Inked. Yeah. yeah, and I like watching Inked. And so I used to watch the Paramount Network years ago Yeah, um, for Inked. But, I mean, Spike TV was absolute trash. And I also had Afro Samurai, though, which I did watch on it on yeah. Spike TV and the Shannara Chronicles. There were some gems yeah. on Spike TV. But mm -hmm. overall. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of MMA, a lot of mm -hmm. uh, 
A lot of WWE. Male and male 69 groping. Right, right. Lots of UFC. That's what know. I call MMA. And then, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and then it had a lot of like other weird shit too. Like yeah. the I Am series. The I Am Heath Ledger, I Am Evil Knievel, yeah. I Am Chris Farley. Like anyone who's dead, we're going to make an I Am for you. Um, the rebranding was needed. It was if, absolutely if needed. they were going to attempt to get into... Serious television. Yes, serious television. And they were hoping to compete with the, let's just be honest, there are so many choices. You have to really, you have to drag people literally to your shows now because there's a thousand different options. And if you are putting your show on Spike TV, I mean, listen, I I would probably not check it out if Kevin Costner's name wasn't involved. Possibly that would have drawn me to it. But the, the rebranding is definitely understandable now the concept of the series it's about the dutton family led by john dutton which is kevin costner's character who controls the largest ranch in the united states uh the ranch is under constant attack by those it borders land developers and indian reservation and the united states america's first national park it's highly political. Wouldn't you agree? I think that the, the first episode did a good job of kind of setting the stage for it to be political. Yeah. Um, I think the end of the first episode brings it more political than what we thought um, as you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that it, it hits a lot of a lot of political points just because of the subject matter in and of itself. Yeah, and not politics like. No, not like not like Republican versus Democrat politics, but more like politics of like how business works when it has to butt up against right. the government yep. and butt up against other special interest groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I mean, obviously, special interest groups being the the, the reservation that's right next door, right? Um, and then, of course, the national park that he's literally in the middle of, um, which is it's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great concept and it's a great setup for. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but it's a great setup for a Western as a whole. It fits into a lot of the classic Western themes about freedom, open spaces. There is also the intense study of, you know, a violent world that is far from media scrutiny. Right. Where land grabs, just as you had mentioned, you know, earn uh, developers billions and politicians are bought and sold by the world's largest oil, natural gas and lumber right. corporations. Exactly. Where unsolved murders are not news, they are a consequence of living in the new frontier. Or like people are just buried under a tree. Yeah. Because why not? Like people aren't aware that these things actually still happen. Well, I think that's I think that that's absolutely true. I think that people think that this is like shit that only happens in other countries, you know, or stuff that doesn't happen here in the United States. But, you know, we live Yes, we're in the city here in, 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 you know, in Arizona, but there are parts of Arizona that are very much like that. There are parts of New Mexico and, and Utah even and Colorado where you have these kind of things. And of course, this is in Montana, right? Yeah. Is where this one's, this is, uh, this is set in Montana. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's, it's almost kind of shocking to see that in now times, because like you said, like you, people just don't know. Yeah, it really grounds us as the viewer because and it draws us in because this happens or this is taking place. It's a contemporary piece. So we're just like, oh, wow, this really happening. And it just kind of opens your eyes to the, you know, the best and worst of the United States. And they use the eyes of this family right. to represent both. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it does. You know, they they don't make them out to be like the best people in the world, but they also don't make them out to be the villain. Um, 
And, and you can also understand this what's one of those fucking shows. And I love when shows are complicated because honestly, except for maybe the land grabber guy, the land developer. You talk about Timothy Dutton, right? Is that his name? Um, it's no, I, I don't remember the, the actual on. character's name. No, no. Danny Houston. Dan Jenkins is his name on the show. Yes. Yeah. Except for the land developer, you can almost understand where everyone's coming from. Well, and even the land developer, man, you can understand him. Well, okay. The ending when, (laughs) okay, I can see his pain. Right. You know, that, like, God damn it. I'm trying to go up against a cowboy. <laughs> well, the thing is, is it's, it's not that he's going against a cowboy. That's not the problem. The problem is he's going up against somebody who plays by his own rules. Yeah. And which the, is which is a cowboy. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It is a cowboy. But I'm just saying, like, he's going up against a guy who the traditional set of rules don't apply. And he's on his turf. Right. And I mean, it's literally like walking into like Michael Myers backyard and be and, like, with with a fucking, you know, exacto knife trying to take him out. Like, good luck, bro. Like, y- you're fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I'll say straight away. And if you disagree, just say so, Brian. <laughs> the episode is flawless in terms of writing. It's literally textbook television writing. Agreed. A Which is... And I, you, and, don't, and, you don't see that anymore. You yep, just don't. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's a fucking missed art in this so-called golden age of streaming giants and original right. programming that's popping up everywhere. So many TV shows have veered further and further away uh, from the nuances of formatting and setup, which includes motif, theme right. setting, characters, narrative, and bringing them all together in a concise plot that feels coherent. And this pilot or the episode one is just that it's the thing that is missing on television today that so many people just don't fucking get when i hear them post about how great the umbrella academy is on netflix i'm like motherfucker that's a awfully written show it is but you know what i love about the umbrella academy you can literally turn your brain off and it doesn't matter thank you for proving my point it just doesn't matter you can turn your brain off you can you can fall asleep for 10 minutes it doesn't matter you can still understand what's going on. You can miss an entire episode. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way because that is supposed to be yeah. a serial show, right? Right. And with, with this first episode of Yellowstone, what you get is, A, it's 90 minutes long. So it's it's, it's a movie. It, it is. It is 100% a movie. 100%. And uh, it's a complete story. It is actually a complete story. They don't leave you with – they leave you with wanting more story, but they finish – That last little bit. Yeah. Right, but they finish what they started. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting there going, oh, man, I wonder how that's going to end. You pretty much know where they're going. You can see where it is, but that doesn't take away from – that's how that's how TV is supposed to be. Yeah. It doesn't take away from the next episode. No. You it know? sets it up. Makes right. us want to push play. But, I mean, it sets it up in a way, though, that you're not like, oh, man, fuck, I have to wait till next week. They didn't even finish the goddamn thought. No. Because they finished every thought. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like how it used to be with, like, watching 80s and 90s TV, like Doogie Howser or, um, uh, like the wonder years where like it was a it was part of the overarching story but those little vignettes for that week were just done yeah it's classic television right. writing right. yeah which is what we don't have anymore because if you look at things like the umbrella academy or um any of the marvel stuff that's come out right any of the mcu stuff in the yeah. extended universe you know they have these weekly stories that don't end ever well every just, everything's designed as a billboard essentially right hey listen here's Five minutes of story, and then we're going to set up for the next episode. Right. And then the actual story, when you, when it's all said and done, isn't really there. Out of a 10-episode season, you maybe have three, four episodes of actual story. Well, I think you're being generous, Mike. Honestly. I think that if you have an, if you, if you have an hour-long show, you get 12 minutes of story. 
in an hour long show. And so if you have 13 episodes, you get 12 minutes times 13, which is what 156 minutes of actual story, mm-hmm. which is the equivalent of two shows, two yeah. and a half shows. And I think that's just the way that it's become. And because the American audience has accepted it. Right. American audiences have, and Mike, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Oh, yes. On Critique Revolve and. On almost, and myself on almost every other show I right. do. Well, and play it, or, <laughs> play it or slay it. Thomas and I used to just drill the hell out of yeah. the stupidity of the audience. And, and it's not necessarily the audience's fault. No, they're just eating what. What they're being fed. What they're being fed. And exactly. for some reason with the, not for some reason, with the advent of streaming services and their needing to be content. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's just not enough talent to no. fill those chairs with people who know what they're doing. So exactly. what we're getting is a new generation of TV writers. And I use that word very loosely <laughs> that don't really know the finer details of writing television. A lot of these people went to school, fine film school. Some of them worked on movies and they had their hearts set on writing a film. And many of them designed their shows to feel like a film. Right. And that's not how you write TV. No. And that's what worked so fucking well for me with this pilot here is, right. yeah, you essentially have 90 minutes. And the act breaks were so precise, mm-hmm. perfectly planned out that every moment worked to bring the viewer in as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Into the story. Because Absolutely. even though they want to do classic TV writing, right? They still realize that we are uh, an ADD society. Oh, absolutely. So they don't waste any time. They bring us in fast. For sure. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, it's right away you get into the story and that's how it has to be anymore. You don't get those big, long, drawn out openings anymore. You know, that's just not a thing. Yeah, they they did some meticulous work. They designed everything to quickly introduce us to the layout of the of the world. Look at everything we learned in 90 minutes the layout of this specific world the politics the demons of our characters the internal demons of our characters also the external demons for some of them yes and the objectivity of facts and how things are never as simple as they appear which i had mentioned the complicated nature of everyone's own personal ideology and how you can't really argue with with their thoughts because hey listen that's your personal right you know, belief system, and it's not necessarily wrong. We get it. The re- the problems on the reservation are the, the history on the reservation is is long and vast. So who are you to argue with their political thoughts? But well, then you look at the Dutton family, and you're like, well, they have a point. Yeah. Well, and I think too, one of the things that I really appreciated about this show was their treatment of the Native American people. Mm-hmm. You know, of the people on the reservation. I felt like it was a very um, respectful and accurate yeah respectful that's a good word yeah i think it was very respectful it didn't treat them as just like a throwaway character but as like a real viable thing which they are and they also didn't coddle them right because that's dude i was getting ready to just scribble notes because so many times on tv shows nowadays when they deal with the reservation they handle it with kid gloves right because they're afraid well because i mean come on man up until what 15 years ago every native american depiction was either a white guy or drunk like, that's all you got. And yes. so, so I understand the kid gloves. But yeah. when you get a show like this, you can't do that. It would ruin the show. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to paint your picture with a realistic brush. Well, and not only that, but I mean, they made wide brush strokes 
that still showed immense detail. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of those things where there's an art to television writing that, like you said earlier, man, you've got all these guys that are coming out of school and they're getting thrown into the fire on these shows. And yeah, maybe you get one or two great episodes out of what, 15? Um, Look at Supernatural. Like, I know that that's one of those things that you guys love to talk about on this network. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's great and other times it's just not. Yeah. And I think that we run, you know, you see that a lot on especially new shows. Um, and as first time showrunners or even second time showrunners, a lot of times that'll happen. I think one of the nice things that they did with this was they have they have a really good crew. You know, you've got Taylor Sheridan um, from Sons of Anarchy along with John Linson. That's where they both came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linson was a producer for Sons. And, uh, you know, they both developed and then wrote a lot of this show. And um I think you and I were talking before about uh, Sheridan and how he had done Hell or High Water, which we both loved. One of my favorite movies. I've actually seen it probably four times since I did the review on Critique Revolve. Yeah, oh, no, I it's love one, it. It's one of those, man, if I'm flipping through on like wh- whatever it is, Hulu or Amazon or whatever, and I see it, I will probably turn it on. Like, it's just that good. If there's nothing that I need to watch, I actually really like watching that one. And he did Sicario, which is absolutely amazing um another movie that's a if you need to compare a movie to a tv show now completely different genre right sicario it's a western um, come on mike you, would you call it a western I, it reminded me very much of things like the old and you know what it might actually be it might be that it's got josh brolin and benicio del toro so i just assume it's a fucking western yeah right but it does have that kind of feel to it right because yeah, it's the fbi agents but, but even they're like, politically like right. and same thing with hell or high water there's right. a realism where he is not taking sides politically right it's he's presenting an argument and saying these are the facts guys right this is what happens is it bad is it good you fucking decide as the viewer but here's the facts i'm gonna lay it out for you well and i think that's one of the things that i really like about this is that you know the old adage is that you know there's your story there's my story and then there's the truth yeah and um, I think what we're actually getting on a lot of these shows, especially from from Sheridan, is you're getting a lot of these shows where he's just like, look, dude, here's their story. Here's the other story. I don't have a story. Uh, you guys decide what the truth is. Yeah. You know, you guys decide who you want to side with. And I'm going to make everybody look a little bit bad. And then everybody have a little bit of, you know, a reason for what they do. And you guys can decide who it is that that you want to think is is the good guy or the bad guy. You know, and I think a lot of times when you're looking at like Westerns and stuff, those are kind of some of the most fun Westerns where you don't know who the good guy is and who the oh, bad yeah, guy is. Absolutely. Right? Like the ones where like they're both kind of shitty people, but they both also have like their like redeeming qualities. I mean, that's classic spaghetti Western 101. Exactly. Where your bad guy isn't really your bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's kind of what you get here. Cause like you can look at like the Dutton family in Yellowstone and be like, oh man, these people are pieces of shit. You can look at the land developer and be like, oh, what a fucking dick. You can look at the native Americans and be like, man, that was some shady shit that they did. But at the same time, when it's all said and done, they're all doing what's best for their own families. And can anyone be for that yeah there's no like grabbing for like a moral high ground there's no, no. that the writer isn't trying to push his own there's no agenda yes there's no agenda and which, how and how oh, so refreshing oh, yes <laughs> in this day and age where everyone wants to get on a soapbox and just point at you right and say now now this is how you should think he's not doing that no no it's one of those things where like i feel like anymore a lot of shows what you get is you get talked at 
You know, like you just get kind of like talked yeah. at. Every yeah. show is talking at you, whether it's the the the, the walk in talks that they like to do on all the the um, political shows, or you know, even even to a certain extent, the heavy handedness of all of the dilemmas on the medical dramas. You know, everything is so heavy handed. Everything is so it's this, it's that, it's a political issue, it's you know whatever. And then with this show, you just kind of get look, dude. This is how it is. It's not trying to educate you no. on the intricacies of morality. Nope. Or ethics. It's just unapologetically real. Right. Which is, I think, sorely missing on television anymore. And I don't know if we ever really had it when we were growing up either because everything was fantasized then. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was like the the nuclear family except for Roseanne where it was the non-nuclear family. The And then, you know, Roseanne just kind of made it a nuclear family by blowing the motherfucker up. But anyway, um, that's off off subject. Sorry. But no, I'm just saying like everything was like, you know, two two parents, the kids, right? Like King of Queens, all that bullshit sitcoms that we watched. It was all kind of this fantastical idea of what a family is, right? Even like um, even the fucked up shit that went on on like Boy Meets World with like his best friend. You're bringing out the classics today. Uh, man, I'm telling you, I love this shit. Uh, and this is the first time, like, t- Thomas isn't here, so I get to talk with an adult about shit. Uh, it's amazing. Someone who actually watched things? Right, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what to do. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at all of those things that we watched back in the day, they all kind of had their own agenda. And that agenda was the nuclear family, the yeah. Republican view of what a family is, or even, to a certain extent, just the political view of what a family is. And you look at this thing, and it's it's almost like um, Peaky Blinders. Oh, yeah. Right? Where Mm -hmm. it's just like it's real. It's gritty. It's intriguing because you don't know what's truly going on with really anybody, including the sons in the show. Right. And that goes right back to what we said at the top of the show about how these things actually do exist and how these types of things are actually happening. And people are being buried in the desert and people are fighting. There are there are blood feuds. There are cattlemen fighting with the government to this day. We just right. don't hear about it. When we do, it's always the government that's the good guy, though. Exactly. You remember, what was that? Was that in Oregon a couple years back? Right. This series yeah. benefits, I think, a lot from that recent event, the whole Bundy standoff that right. happened in that's 2014, it. I that's believe. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, you know, cattlemen, cowboys and the government and reservations have been going at it for decades upon decades over land rights and many other things. Water rights, that land rights, standoff. Rights. Yeah. Yes. Grazing rights, water rights. You're right. Yeah. That standoff, the Bundy standoff brought to light an issue that seldom reaches the mainstream. Well, I think it's one of those things, too, with the, with the Bundy thing, though, like it was just. It was like real. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like real, real. And you were like, oh, shit. Like, I mean, it was insane. We've never seen anything like that. It was like we were aside, watching a modern day Western flick. Well, it was like it was like Waco. A bit. It except was less crazy. Well, the thing with Waco. <laughs> yeah, Waco was nuts. But Waco happened so fast. And I think that's why the Bundy thing happened so slow. Because the government knows the backlash they got from Waco. And also it could have turned into a bloodbath. Well, and that's exactly what happened in Waco. Yep. You know, and I think that the government was trying, and especially with all the cameras nowadays, all of that stuff is just different. It brings things that we, okay, because. Out of sight, out of mind, Mike. We don't see it. We don't know it exists. We hear so much about the obvious. Medical care. Right. Right. Which politician is talking shit about the other. Right. But the things we don't hear about are these types of little. I don't want. Yeah. Let's say little things. Well, it's in little, terms of the, the bigger picture of politics. Well, in terms of like national news within the international stage. Right. These, these are much these are smaller. Minor, these are minor things, man. And yet they're affecting people's lives every single day. I right. mean, to this day, there's bloody skirmishes, violence that goes under the radar and many 
in D.C. and the people in power play politics with many of these people's lives. Absolutely, they do. And, Absolutely, they do. And we don't know about any of this because it doesn't make the news. And that's why that Bundy standoff was such a big deal because right. it brought to light so many issues that are going out out that are going on out there. And here comes this TV show, right, which is actually dealing with very similar political issues. For sure. Absolutely. And despite the, the political nature of this TV show, specifically this episode, it's not just politics, but there's also a more intimate story as well, which for me won me over ultimately. I mean, you have John Dutton, who is a man with a very precise set of principles and ideology that makes for an interesting foray into politics. Uh, you have a guy that feels like his way of life is threatened, essentially uh, a family drama that involves political power plays, power plays that put at stake his livelihood, his family and his legacy. So there's also an intimate twist. It isn't just about control and power. It's about protecting family, it's about protecting everything you fought for. And not just the Dutton family, even the reservation. That's pretty much the theme fighting for your legacy. Well, it's for your family's way of life. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, the, the show is about family in, in, in and of its in a nutshell. It's about family, right? Whether it's the reservation family or, mm -hmm. um, the Dutton family. And then not only that, when you have the one son who's in both families. That is so fucking Shakespeare. Isn't it? Dude, Isn't I it, dude? got so giddy when they introduced <laughs> this character who's like the son of both worlds. And then Dutton himself has a grandchild, you know, that's from both bloodlines. And I'm right. like, holy shit, this is some right. melodramatic Shakespearean awesomeness. Well, and it's Luke Grimes playing uh, that kid. And he's underrated yeah he's good he is absolutely i mean he was an american sniper magnificent seven um, does it feel like they're making him kind of the um does it feel like he's a bit of a Jax teller character i i think in a way definitely i think he is definitely the most well because he's you know he's kind of dirty uh but not just an appearance but just the the story that they're shaping around him kind of kind of the I, weight of the family on his shoulders and he's gonna have to Obviously, there's a very specific path, just right. like Jax. There was a very specific path that everyone expected him to take. And he didn't. And he didn't take right. that path. And what you're going to end up seeing, at least my own theory, is you're going to see a man who takes his own version of the path. I think you're right. I mean, and he's always kind of played that character. That's what he did in Brothers and Sisters. That's what he did in True Blood as James. He's always kind of been that. Oh, I didn't realize that's who he was. Yeah, same kid. Uh, <laughs> that, wow, that's right. Right? So, yeah. So, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you're going to see him kind of play almost to type for him because he has that look. He has that look of, like, the the guy that's, like, not necessarily 100% with you, but then in the end, he's the future. Oh, he's not that much younger than us. No, dude, he's I he's thought, only three years younger than he us. He looks man. so young. I thought he was like in his twenties. No, man, he's thirty. He's thirty six. Yeah. He's thirty six. So he's only he's actually only two years younger than me. Yeah, him and I are the same age, man. Go fucking figure that. That guy looks like he's in his twenties, and I'm dead. So oh, Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> him with his golden locks. No, I actually I really like him though. Like, as, no, he's good. Like as an actor, I th and I think he fits well with Costner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The two of them together as like the prodigal son and the father work out really, really well. Another actor that's in this that's 
two of them that are very underrated. Uh, Cole Hauser. Oh, I love Cole Hauser. Dude, fucking love that guy. Do you guy. remember Paparazzi? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I love Cole Hauser. He plays the character Rip Wheeler. Yep. It took me the entire episode to realize that was Cole Hauser. Shut up, dude. Really? Dude, I knew he was in it. So I'm like, when's Cole Hauser going to pop up? <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, no, I recognized him right away. He's man. playing a different type of character. Is he though? He is, is dude. He? Yeah, I think so. I you see, and I don't I don't see He I may mean, have some of the mannerisms that he usually does because he's Cole Hauser, but the, the cowboy hat, the beard, the the boots, it just threw me off, dude. Well, and I guess like in in fairness, like, did you ever see Acts of Violence? Hmm. Sounds familiar. That's him and uh him and Bruce Willis. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, so I don't remember, but I when you said Bruce Willis, yes, I've seen it. Yeah, so he reminds me; he's kind of like that character, and so I, I I recognized him, I guess, from that maybe a little bit. But yeah. Either way, you didn't see that it was Cole Hauser because you know you had your eyes closed, and that's fine. I was probably paying attention to uh, uh, the the chick he banged in the episode, the more. daughter Dutton's daughter. Okay, where the hell did she come from? Uh, her Kelly mom? Riley. Yeah, Kelly Riley. Why are you gonna make it so like? <laughs> Her mom. <laughs> no, what's what's crazy about Kelly Riley, dude, is, is that she's amazingly hot, and she's forty three years old. Uh, and on the record, yeah, city boys aren't soft fucks. Okay, Kelly, uh, Mike, we are kind of. I soft. was very highly offended by. Out of all the things you could be offended by in this episode, I was offended by that soft fuck comment. I mean, okay, I guess that's fair. Some women like the soft fucks. <laughs> yeah, right? they're call, yeah, they're called Thomas. Right? <laughs> oh my god. now with all of these characters this is one of the 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 things that i when i say nuances of writing this is that aspect that really works for me if you notice and i'm really anxious to see how this plays out because i will be continuing through this series absolutely um kevin costner is is an array of traits put together and if you know what to look for each one of his kids represent a part of him absolutely it's fucking amazing uh, well no i mean it's it's how they did yeah, that how they absolutely right wes bentley yes uh is amazing also as jamie dutton wes bentley is oh my god i love that dude so much he's so underrated right oh, it's so it's so frustrating too because he is such a great he is a great actor. He is really good. He has a great look. He is very fucking uh, diverse in his performances. Yes. So to see him play this role is rewarding. As I guess you can call ourselves fans. Of I, his. No, I think I think I think I'm definitely a fan of his. I think that you know he but he was in American Beauty. He he was the weird kid with the camera. Um, he was his Seneca Crane in the Hunger Games. Um, he was in Loveless, which was. And he played the private investigator in American Horror Story. Right. He was which, in P, he was in P2. Yeah. Which is chronically underrated as a horror movie or thriller. Uh, he was in Interstellar. Like, I mean, the dude's been in just amazing stuff. Um, yeah, he's just awesome. They found great. They did a great casting. Absolutely. They did. A, was, they did great casting. Does that mean make sense? I knew what you meant. That's they funny. had a great casting team put together, everyone, because. Everyone works. They all convey a specific idea. Uh, the The idea of the kids all representing a, a, a part version, of the father, a yeah, part of the absolutely. father, and they did kind of. I don't want to say they they laid it on thick, but you they did make sure 
at least if you know what to look for and you're paying attention, they definitely wanted to make it clear that's what they were trying to do with the whole like teaching his oldest son the ropes right the business stuff like a businessman not not like a cowboy all the time how he's slightly disappointed with the lawyer's son but he loves the daughter because she's mean (laughs) and you get the idea that he likes a little bit of all of them right and what he wants though is one that acts like him to be the the new lead the heir yeah well and i mean so what you have is essentially you've got there's four kids right there's jamie played by west bentley beth played by kelly casey played by luke and then who's the fourth kid mike do you remember the oldest son oh that sounds lee lee, lee dutton yeah, yeah it's dave dave annabelle, dave annabelle plays yeah. lee dutton and so you've got the the four kids and like you said each kid is like a part of them there's the businessman there's the ruthless daughter there's the the oldest son who is essentially the cowboy and then you have you know uh what luke grimes's character casey who is we're not totally 100 percent sure i don't think what casey is yet no even at the end of, of episode one you don't know exactly what he is personality wise because he has been stuck between two worlds he's towing the line between both sides based on you know the relationship that he has with you know, his wife and their child and living on the reservation and being kind of the black sheep of the family, which as of course, everyone listening as Western fans, you know that the black sheep most likely is what's going to take over. Yeah. Right. But we don't know that for sure. And that's what makes this such a great show Yeah, is that you could totally see him handing the reins over to the daughter. You could see Jamie Dutton or Wes Bentley just taking the reins. And deciding that he's going to be the one that's in charge. Um, or you could see Casey finally kind of becoming the man that he's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, there are so many different avenues they can take the series. Right. And that's why it's great. It's a good show because Absolutely. it's not predictable. You have the the expected archetypes that that you need to have in a Western piece like this. But right. that doesn't mean it's predictable. There's just certain things you have to have when writing a specific type of TV show absolutely and they're utilizing those norms the right way in right. a way that doesn't just say hey guys this is what we're doing well it's not paint by it's not paint by numbers no you not know at all. like it's it's very it, to a certain extent it is formulaic because all television and all movies are formulaic and it should be nothing yeah because the formula works yeah like, people are afraid <laughs> of that word but like why I've, I've heard tv producers say well this isn't gonna be formulaic well you're an idiot right because if it's not formulaic good luck with your three fucking episodes <laughs> asshole yeah. like if people can't follow what you're doing guess what your show doesn't get fucking made yeah uh and it turns out that the formulas are formulas because they work you know and and this one for you know it is a bit it, it does follow the formula, but not so closely that you know exactly how it's going to go down or what's going to happen. Right. And, and that makes it a great show is that it can follow the formula and yet still not be predictable. You know what? On that thought, let's go to a very quick break because we do need to take a break. Okay. And then when we get back, we're going to jump into our final thoughts. Okay. Weird West Radio will be right back. Oh. 
Free stuff is awesome. But free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. All right, welcome back, everyone, to Weird West Radio. All right, so we need to get into our final thoughts, and then we'll also discuss the overall critical reception. Uh, Brian, do you want to start us off? Our final thoughts? Yes. Now, typically what we do on Weird West Radio, we kick open the saloon doors, and we strut ourselves into the saloon, and we pick up a few brews. If there's any hotties... Like the daughter, we usually slap him in the ass. We're not very progressive. This is the Western. Uh-huh. This is a cowboy show. So we are transported, uh, you know, 150 years ago. So it's okay. It's safe. There's no Me Too movement in the saloon. So, so we can, you know, smack chicks on the ass. <laughs> we can do what we want. So what you Within want me, reason? You want me to go back to the old days? Yes, Casador. Is that what we're doing? No, not though. That's that's ten years. <laughs> is that we're, too far? Is that too far? <laughs> so we're now at the bar. You're going to take a drink and now mm-hmm. get into your final. All right. So final thoughts for this one. I think that uh, you know we've we've touched on quite a bit of it during the show, but you know you have what can honestly only be described as a perfect choice for casting it across the board uh, from the leader of the Native American tribe. I think it's what is that uh, Gil Birmingham? Is that his name? Uh, yeah. Thomas Rainwater is the character, but yeah, Gil Birmingham, who's an amazing Native American actor, just an amazing actor. I don't even need to put that fucking qualifier on it. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I think he's one of the most recognizable for sure. Um, there are the go-to faces just because sure. it's the nature of the industry at this time. Well, there sure. wasn't a lot of sure. avenues for... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of Native American actors. And yeah. you don't want to, like I said earlier in the show, you don't want to cast a white dude, right? I mean, we did that with Johnny Depp and how the fuck did that turn out? Um, anyway, so you've got, you know, you've got this just amazing cast and and recognizable faces and, and some not so recognizable faces who all just fucking knock it out of the park like scene after scene after scene. And it's like every single scene is better than the one before it. And that goes on for the solid 90 minutes of the show, yeah. which is in my eyes, fucking unheard of uh, to get 90 minutes of every scene being just as good, if not better than the one before there's no lulls. The pacing is spot on. You know how much I love my pacing, Mike. Yeah. The pacing is spot on, on this thing. Uh, this is one of those shows where even watching the first episode more than once, I think is worth it. Cause you're going to catch things that you missed the first time because it is um as they say in trek like an onion and there's just layers and peels and you go farther and farther and deeper and like you said with the kids i'll be honest with you mike i didn't think about that until you said it how the kids are you know little pieces of john john's character that i didn't even look but now that you say it i absolutely see it 
you know, and I and I think that that's one of the the great things about this show was from the set pieces to the the epic shots that they did, some of those aerial shots that they had. Oh, the cinematography oh my was God. stunning. Well, and that was that was the thing that I found to be the most surprising for me was the cinematography. I've spent a lot of time up in uh, Colorado through the years, and I can tell you that, you know, Colorado, Montana, all of those areas are so gorgeous, and they're always underrepresented on their beauty. Mm -hmm. And I think this show gives you all of that, plus great characters, plus great story, plus unpredictability. I mean, it is, it's almost perfect, Mike. And, And I know that's crazy. We don't say, I never say that. I don't call anything perfect, but I remember calling Hell or High Water damn near perfect. If anything, I think with full confidence, we can say the script was 100% perfect. Absolutely. Not only the script, but the direction as well. Because I think that a lot of these, because you do have, you know, you have Kevin Costner, who's like an old pro. Cole Hauser, who's an old pro at this, right? Mm -hmm. Those guys have been around forever. And then you have, like, some of these younger actors, and I call them younger, but they're not really younger, like Wes Bentley, Luke Grimes, uh, Kelly Riley. They've been around for a long time, but they're not as recognizable. Yeah. Um, But, you know, you see all of them, and they're all giving great performances, which is, I think, an extension of the direction. Um, You know, don't get me wrong. I think every time you get a good performance with Kevin Costner, even Waterworld was a good performance. That's... I would agree. Right. And so you He's know, never the problem. No. Kevin Costner is never the problem. Story and direction are the problem. And and for this show, both of those things, they knocked it out of the goddamn park. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your RMD score? Okay. So RMD score, uh, I actually give this a 95. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. All right. So- I don't want to echo everything you just said, but I, I mean, I co-sign pretty much every single word you just said, right? Yeah. It's a great TV series. It's so refreshing to see uh, a TV show that's current, that's currently running, that respects the nuances of television. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. They know that television writing is, has been tried and true. Taylor Sheridan just knocked this one out the park. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to give this a 94%. So a 94 and a half is what it gets as the... Uh, yeah. That's a... Is that a hell yeah? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you got I, it. But it's deserving. Absolutely. It's absolutely deserving. And, and on a side note, Mike, mm-hmm. I'm not... I, I don't want to say I'm not a fan of Westerns because that's not true. I love Westerns. You like movies. I like, you like TV shows. Right. I love movies. I love TV. And I love all of it, regardless of the genre. What I can say is that if you're not huge into Westerns, this is a great jumping off point. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, this is like I was sucked in immediately. Yeah. If you like shows like Longmire, Bosch. Yeah. Justified, Hell on Wheels. I mm-hmm. mean, that usually those types of TV shows usually encapsulate more than just the, the typical Western fan. Correct. And I think that this show falls in line. With that. I think this one's even bigger than all of those. Don't get me wrong. Hell on Wheels was awesome. I love Justified. Timothy Oliphant oh, is one of my favorites. Good, great show. Right. Um, Longmire's fantastic. I've seen all of those. But you would say this one would appeal to... This one, I think, appeals to a wider audience. Okay. I think it is more relatable than the rest of them because the rest of them are a little more heavy-handed on the Western idea. Mm-hmm. And I think this one kind of... It doesn't pull it back. It's more subtle. But it's more subtle. It's more, I agree. It's, it's more of a, yeah, we're, we're farmers, but we're also kind of the Sopranos. 
Like, yeah, I mean, honestly, it is. It's kind of like this, this weird, it's not a crime family because they're not committing crimes, but it is a crime family in the way that they kind of have like their own kind of like Casa Nostra kind of feel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> this does take us to the end of our discussion. Thank you, Brian, for joining me. Always, Mike. And thank you to all the listeners. And good night. said he be taken from such prison to a suitable and convenient place of execution within said county and there be hanged by the neck till he be dead, dead, dead. Now, do you have anything to say, young man? Yes, Your Honor, I do. <clears throat> you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Come <laughs> on,